This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and I'm joined here today by Cameron Brandt, EPFR's Director of Research. We'll walk you through what EPFR was monitoring in the data in the last week, as well as what we look forward in the upcoming weeks. Cam, good morning. Um, How are you doing today? Uh, Good. I'm looking out the window and seeing the first speckling of yellowing and uh, orange leaves. <laughs> so autumn, autumn is definitely nipping, nipping at our heels here. Good. Uh, yeah. Temperatures are finally below a hundred degrees down right. in Texas. So we're also, I suppose that <laughs> constitutes autumn in your <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I'll guess I'll start out with one of the questions you posed in the intro of the global navigator. Um, does the fact U.S. headline inflation declined for the second straight month in August, carry more weight than the jump in core inflation? My suspicion is that uh, the the Fed's answer will be no, that the core inflation is more important and and justifies another fairly hefty rate increase. Um, But it was certainly that kind of week, a lot of data points that, you know, there'd be an initial um, sort of news reaction to it firmly in one direction. Uh, But when you stepped back and, you know, hopefully, you know, that's what most money managers and professionals do, um, you know, the answer wasn't so obvious. uh, you know, the Ukraine's stunning battlefield successes are another one. Um, you know, certainly there was a subtext in many of the reports that um, this opened the door to a return to something like <laughs> the pre-invasion status quo uh, earlier than anyone has been penciling in for a while. Uh, you know, the fact remains Russia is still sitting on nearly a fifth of Ukraine's territory um, and that, uh, you know, the end stages of this conflict will have some pretty major risks. Um, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin clearly <laughs> places a high priority on uh, his position and um it might well lash out if 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 the Ukraine really pushes Russia back to its borders and and uh, he has to deal with the political uh, fallout. Um, you know, Europe's energy situation is another one. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of talk about what a, a dire winter this is going to be for Europe. Uh, but on the other hand, they've done a remarkable job uh, filling up their gas storage reserves. Um, and you know, while that isn't going to completely plug the gap if um, uh, the Russian taps are completely closed, um, you know, it does argue that a you know more nuanced uh, view of how Europe's going to 
uh, get through this winter, it probably makes sense that, uh, it, yes, it will be hard, but it may not be uh, as hard as, as seemed even six weeks ago. Right. We saw Europe equity uh, funds hit 31 weeks in their current outflow streak, um, while the so-called Frugal Five showed some more interest and EMEA investors are currently being exposed to, like you explained, a rapidly changing narrative. Um, what do we expect for the upcoming weeks? Well, even though the uh, the conflict in the Ukraine probably dominates the, the 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 sort of narrative with regards to Europe, it's it's not the only one. Um, you know, they they have their own inflation issues, and um, because of the European Central Bank. Uh, is not sort of dealing with one country in the way that the Federal Reserve is. Um, just cranking up interest rates uh, has sort of uh, peripheral risks and issues that just don't face the Fed. Um, you know, the biggest being that there are some countries in the Eurozone, uh, Greece and Italy to the fore, whose debt levels um uh, give them very little room for maneuver when the cost of servicing that debt gets significantly higher. Um, but, uh, you know, again, uh, it's unwise to um, underestimate the Eurozone's ability to muddle through. Uh, and worth remembering that even though people still don't really have a good sense of what it means, uh, the ECB did sort of uh, set the sta stage for what it called an anti-fragmentation tool, um, which you know, <laughs> I think they probably have a certain degree of room to maneuver to define. And even though Germany will make harsh noises about it, uh, the truth is that the pattern is that every time uh Germany's challenges have come to the sticking point somehow uh a rollback hasn't been forced Germany's constitutional court has 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 uh, you know who warned the ECB several times that it's overstepping its mandate and you know its actions uh, in terms of mopping up um Debt, especially from the less creditworthy members, violates the spirit, if not the absolute letter, of uh, a number of, of laws and treaties. But, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, disintegration of the Eurozone is not in, in Germany's interest, especially right now when um, sort of global markets like China are not doing so well and, and – uh, uh, you know, it's facing fresh pressures because of events in Ukraine. So, um, you know, we have seen, uh, uh, you know, pretty relentless outflows, but I'm beginning to sense that, um, you, you know, those outflows are starting to move into excess territory that, um, you know, Europe still has a lot of front rank companies, uh, some of the 
challenges, which you know investors should be concerned about, uh, are being addressed, if not in the sort of nice clear-cut way that we would all like, uh, and that uh, Europe will probably muddle through the winter in somewhat better shape than uh, many have been thinking would be the case. Right. So we saw equity funds in in the final moment uh, were able to post an inflow, snapping a three-week outflow streak, and emerging markets and developed markets were each underpinned by major markets, um, China and the U.S., respectively. What are we seeing play out in China? I know you mentioned a little bit in your previous comment. Well, I think China continues to be, though India... Perhaps offer some competition. Uh, you know, the the safest option in the emerging markets universe: uh, enormous domestic market, uh, a government in full control, at least at the top level of the major policy levers, um, considerably more fiscal ammunition that it can deploy. Um, um, so. You know, it's not. I think a lot of investors are wildly excited about China, but it's uh, you know, if you need uh, or feel you need to have an allocation to the emerging markets universe, um, it's it's probably as good a probably yeah, it's probably as good a good a, a place to put your money. Um, you know, the the U.S. equity funds we we did see um, a classic move in on the dip pattern uh, towards the end of the reporting period. Um, you know, an, an analysis by one of our colleagues uh, regarding the amount of support that um, U.S. companies are giving their own equity, you know, adds a bit more to the side of those who say, you know, um, you don't want to get too carried away selling off your U.S. exposure. Um, I mean, I think announced uh, share buybacks this year are now well over $800 billion, with still three months of the year to go. Uh, and offsetting that is only about $100 billion in terms of announced new offerings. So, uh, you know, U.S. companies are still shrinking the available pool of, of stocks and, you know, you pinch the supply that usually um, increases the price in order to balance up with demand. Um, and, you know, other, other indicators, again, there were quite a few data points from the U.S. that cut both ways, uh, you know, the resilience of of consumers and the resilience of the U.S. labor market, um, you know, is good from a consumption-driven growth perspective, uh, not so good if you're fighting inflation. So, <laughs> you know, which or to, or how much weight you assign to those sort of uh, uh, two sides of the same coin, uh, you know, it has been keeping uh, investors and fund managers up at nights in recent weeks. Right. Well, thank you so much, Cam, for your insight. I think we'll end it there, um, but look forward to chatting next week. We will. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. 
For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast. 